In the year 1812, the emperor of the French, Napoleon Bonaparte, invaded Russia with a huge multinational army. The whole thing arose from a series of misunderstandings, miscommunications, and diplomatic misfirings between the two countries' leaders, who in the past, at least in theory, had been friends. Now, crossing the river Neiman, Napoleon and his men began the enormous trek toward Moscow, something like 550 miles. And the journey was a weird mixture of intense boredom, physical exhaustion, and every once in a while, a standoff or skirmish or battle with the Russian forces. But eventually, the French took Moscow. After which, by arson fire, the whole city began to burn. So thus began one of the worst, most outstandingly tragic retreats in the whole history of world warfare, where he had crossed the Neiman with something like 685,000 soldiers. He was left only five months later with a little less than 30,000 on the other side. I mean, imagine that. But during that long, brutal retreat across Western Russia, one of the scariest parts for his men was the constant presence of the Cossacks. These were Western Russian peoples, often really peasants, who were renowned for their guerrilla tactics, for their hit-and-run style of organized yet sort of disorganized style of fighting. In fact, I want you to hear a couple of firsthand descriptions given by one of Napoleon's lieutenants. Uh, this writer's name is the Count de Segur. This first was early on in the retreat near a place called Malo Yaroslavets. That's a fun Russian name. Listen. Suddenly, we saw several platoons coming toward us on the right. Then, behind them, long black lines of troops. Soon the noise of shouting reached our ears. A number of women and servants came running back toward us in such terror that they were unable to answer our questions. At that moment, the interminable line of wagons creaked to a stop, uncertain as to how to proceed, and great disorder resulted. The wagons behind continued to come on and piled up on those that had stopped. Some tried to go ahead, some wanted to turn around. They collided in trying to pass, and in a moment, all were jammed in an inextricable jumble. It was Platoff and 6,000 Cossacks who had crossed the river, the flat plain, and the main road behind our victorious front line, sweeping everything before them, while the emperor, meaning Napoleon, secure in the protection of the winding river, rode calmly on in the midst of his army, unable to believe in the possibility of so bold an undertaking. Once they were started, the Cossacks came on so rapidly that Rapp had just time enough to shout to the emperor, It's the Cossacks! Turn back! And then I'll read this is just from a couple weeks later after that. The emperor was advancing without precaution, all his men eager to reach Krasnoy, when at about five miles from that town a row of Cossacks extending from the heights on the left and across the high road, suddenly appeared before them. Our soldiers halted, astounded. They had not expected anything of the kind, 
and it seemed to them that the hand of adverse fate had traced upon the snow between them and Europe that long, black, motionless line as an irrevocable end to all their hopes. Some of the men, stupefied by suffering, devoid of feeling, their eyes fixed on the homeland, kept moving obstinately and mechanically ahead, heedless of all warning. They were about to give themselves up. You see, these Cossacks were famous far and wide for their relentless ability to always be there, to be ready for anything and everything until victory was theirs. Actually, even a few months earlier, there had been a Russian prisoner who had been brought to give testimony right there before Napoleon himself. And I want you to listen to what he said about the reputation of these Cossacks. This is a direct quote. He said, If Alexander's Russian soldiers were like the Cossacks, you and your Frenchmen would not be in Russia. If Napoleon had Cossacks in his army, he would have been emperor of China long ago. It is the Cossacks who do all the fighting. It is always their turn. Okay, so now you might be thinking to yourself, why in the world is Eugene talking about all this? Well, it's for this reason. That if you take the tale of the Cossacks and, and sort of their legend, their, their mythological status, and you turn it on its head a little, like give it a, a, just a bit of an inverted reading, I believe suddenly you have a very good definition of what we, the followers of Jesus, are meant to be doing and to be. Because when we become like Jesus, when we follow Jesus, when we give our all to Jesus, it will not be very long before the ways of this world are overturned. Because you and I, we must always remember and we must never forget, it is the followers of Jesus whose war of love is never over, who are meant to do all the loving in his name. I love that last line of that prisoner's quote. It is always our turn. I really believe that as the world looks upon our faces, just doing our lives in the spirit and in the way of Jesus, kind of like that quote from the Count de Segur, uh, they should not expect anything like it. It should surprise them, this way of love. Our lives, our combined efforts should trace across this world the beginning of all hope. We should be pointing them back to the true homeland of our hearts. And I can picture in that first quote I gave you, just that image of Platov, the Cossack general, riding ahead and his men sort of covering the hilltops. Friends, that's supposed to be us. Where there is need, where there is hurt, where, is there, where, where there is people who are in need of love each and every day, it is we who ride over the hilltops, who come into view and who the world turns around and says, oh, it is Jesus, the Christ, and it is his followers. So my encouragement today from my little fun moment in history is, are we relentless? Do we each see ourselves as an inextricable part of this glorious thing that is the kingdom of heaven that rolls across the earth, whether it's in your workplace, your home, or just walking down the street to the coffee shop? Where we go goes the kingdom. It's sort of nowhere and everywhere, as far as the world can tell. And in the way of the Cossacks, inverted, 
I'd encourage you to be present where you are, to fight on with the spirit of the love of Jesus, and to show people his face today, whatever day you happen to be listening to this. Thanks so much for listening.